covering White Man's Burden. Enjoy the episode. Welcome! Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, that is right, folks. You're coming to us after our Pulp Fiction episode. Thank you so much for listening last week. What a great fucking episode that was. We had a great time recording that. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did uh, broadcasting or recording it. Yeah. Um, as we promised at the end there, this week we're covering a movie that is definitely not a misstep in Travolta's career um, and is only and is part of his like straight line of hits after Pulp Fiction. Only A-list. That, only A-list. The only A-list for this A-list era, because this is the A-list era. Yeah. And... <laughs> Jeff? The movie is called White Man's Burden. White Man's Burden. Which is already a bad look. <laughs> This is the uh, the most illegal movie ever made, <laughs> um, and I'm deeply distressed. We have to talk about it. Why? Why is this movie not as like difficult to find as? Oh, it's very difficult to find. But is it as difficult as some of his most other? Diff- I had to order a DVD off eBay. How much did it cost you? It was like ten bucks. Do you remember what, what Eyes of an Angel? You had to get the VHS for yeah, it. Yeah, VHS. This deserves like a beta tape on eBay. Yeah. Nothing more than that. It deserves to be that hard to yeah. find. This is a lot. And for the audience, let's be let's make something very clear. Jeff and I are two very white Caucasian men. Yes. Um, who cannot, in any sense of the imagination, understand whatsoever the full comprehensive um experience of black america yeah you know what this movie does think it can do though it's exactly that it's exactly that this this movie is the most 90s like colorblind um tone deaf tone deaf we're all the same if we just look past each other's skin like movie ever uh, that just is like, yeah, it ignores the systemic and uh, institutional problems. Yeah, and in in service of telling like a really boring crime story and hitting home, just with this color blindness, it doesn't then take away the archetypal stereotypes, racist stereotypes mm-hmm. that this film preserves within the characters that they're personification yeah. personifying. So. Let's right away get a, get the premise off so people know why we're begrudging this so much. And then we, we talk about the, the pretext to this, like wh- how this movie came to be, and then we talk about the plot and its effect. Is that cool? Yeah. So this movie is, uh, the tagline for this movie is, in a world of right and wrong, justice is seldom black or white. So this <clears throat> movie is built on a thought experiment. Yes. Which is, what if, in a parallel universe, black people were... In the social hierarchy and structure, as white people, as white what if people. they were culturally white people, just with different color skin? Yes, and what if white people were culturally black people, but white? Yes. So it's like, what if all the white people had to experience what the black people had to experience, and what if all the black people had to experience what all the white people had to experience? It's a, it's it's a it's a premise. You can you can already see, fellow reader, comrade, brother, sister the the issues with this premise yes 
Um, <laughs> Jeff and I are drinking alcoholic beverages during this. Uh, yeah. uh, needed it. Needed it. Um, this was very difficult to watch in many aspects. Yes. One aspect is it's very difficult to watch the tone deafness of this film. It's very difficult to, to see. To watch Travolta's performance in this movie. Well, it's very difficult to watch the confidence that the choices of the choices that are being made. Yes. Very difficult for me to watch. Like John Travolta talks in this movie. Yes. He talks with an accent. Yes. He talks with He's hysteric- the only actor in this movie doing it. And accent. he's the only actor doing this accent and to audience well, the best way I could describe it is it is a stereotypically racist accent of a poor black person. Yes. At least that's what he's trying to personify. If the, you the think, lingo he's using. I am not going to do the accent, um, but if you Google white man's burden, um, you can watch scenes on YouTube and you can find a scene of Travolta that is. That demonstrates yes, what we're talking about. demonstrates what he's doing. Because we certainly will not. Um, yes. But it, it, it made me very uncomfortable yes. to watch this, and I can only. None of the, the white actors in this movie are also doing that. None of the black actors no. are trying to do like. An impression of white America. Yeah. It's just Travolta. And you, one can only assume he was, like, being given a lot of, uh, like, support in that choice. Who recommended the role for him, Jeff? Quentin Tarantino. Who produced this movie? Quentin Tarantino. He, is, yeah, he financed this movie. He financed this movie. Because he probably thought, like, you know, your typical oblivious white person. He's like, oh, this... Seems like a really smart way to point out the problems of racism. You remember like a week ago when we were like praising Quentin Tarantino for this masterwork piece called Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. And oh, how quickly. Yeah, it I wrote took. Tarantino is now my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> how quickly it, it was for then him to make such a bad decision. Yes. Um, and Travolta. And, and Travolta faces all of the grief for it. Yes. Because Tarantino's name isn't really anywhere on this movie. Mm-hmm. You have to like Google to find out that Tarantino like financed and was involved. Was involved. This movie was not directed by Tarantino. No, it was it not. It was directed by Desmond Nakano, who's a Japanese American. He said he uh, created this film because um, to both blacks and whites, he was a them. He's like, I felt like I was alienated from both cultures. And so I wanted to make a movie about like the conflict between them from like the outside observer. And I don't necessarily think that that uh, translates in the movie. It certainly doesn't. It feels less like someone with that kind of perspective and more like a movie about, it tries to both sides the issue in this movie. It does. And on top of that, it, so I was having a lot of conversations with other people about this. um, And, Something that we all talked about is like, you know, if you were going to do like a social thought experiment about the displacement of um, the races in the country and sort of paint an illustration of like, well, if you were facing this discrimination for your skin color, but just reverse, like, how bad would you feel? But the context is missing. Mm. And what I mean by that is like, there is a culture of the African American community um, in the black community and and they get discriminated for the for the for those aspects of their culture. Mm. In this movie, it ties over those cultural aspects to the thought experiment of yes. the white people. Which 
if this movie was going to try and be interesting, you would swap the cultures would stay the same. Yes. This movie is like, what if white people had black culture? And what if black people had white culture? Instead of what if black culture was the dominant culture? And what if white culture was the discriminated culture? Yes. It does not do that. I'm not saying that sounds like a good movie, but it's at least a take. Right. But this movie is like if somebody sat in a typewriter and thought, I want to make a movie where the white people are the black people and the black people are the white people. So to make the white people the black people, what do I got to do? Make them dumb. Make them uneducated. Make them poor. Yeah. Make them aggressive and violent. Yes. It's awful. This movie is a great... This is in contention for the worst movie I've ever seen. This is so offensive. It's so wrong. Yeah. And I hate that we have to talk about it. I really... I really hate that we have to talk about it, too. Um, but I, I think you and I both agree, Jeff, that this doesn't have to be a really long episode. Yeah. The thing that's really like, like painful about this is just that you can tell how everyone involved in it thought they were so woke. Yeah. Like they were like, we're really making a point here. Yeah. And instead of knowing that they were missing the point and like, whatever. Oh, so bad. Yeah. And and on top of that, like, there's not much interesting things to talk about in this movie outside mm-hmm. of its um, premise. Yeah. Because the plot of it is pretty bone dry as well. Yeah, this it's it's a, the thing is it's such a standard crime movie. Yeah, there's no like interesting like element to this. Mm-mm. Yeah, it. <sighs> <laughs> We're ten. And this movie in. stars John Travolta and Harry Bell, and inexplicably Harry Belafonte, who was a major civil rights icon. He sang the Banana Boat song. Um, hadn't really acted in a lead role in a while. Like, he's the Deo guy. And marched in the civil rights movements of the 60s. Um, has been involved, like, in... <sighs> I don't know how why he's in this movie. <laughs> um, uh, but he is. But he is. Let's just start the movie. Uh, okay. So it starts, it's already illegal. <laughs> it starts with a montage of a, of a, a chocolate factory. Uh, it looks like a poop factory. Like, I, I did not, I was not aware this was candy until, like, maybe 30, maybe, like, two minutes in. But he's, like, it's like these white bars being covered in chocolate. Yes. And packaged for distribution. We're in a factory. Symbolism. Symbolism. Um, um, who is packing that? John Travolta, John Travolta. playing Louis Pinnock. He is a which is a real name that definitely exists. He is a um, he's a plant worker at this little chocolate factory. Mm-hmm. He's an oompa Yeah, oompa oompa. I can't make jokes during this yeah. podcast. I just I can't. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, you came here for any like funny bits. Meanwhile, it's uh, a, meanwhile, White Castle's trash. We like episode eight. His hair is really boring. There. Yeah. Where, There's our bits. Where, what's where? Just. Hair ranking music now. Okay. Uh, where's the hair going? Tell me. Um, it's pretty boring hair. Yeah. I like. I'm not trying to just like bash this movie and all aspects of it, which I would and I will, but in pure transparent objective honest sense his hair is boring yes it's just regular hair so i would put this below look who's talking now look above, who's talking now or no 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 uh 
put it below. Put it below Eyes of an Angel, above Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, that was the hair ranking. That was the hair ranking. We're gonna get our bits done and out yes. of the way because there's just not a lot of room for like comedy in this one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jack Nicholson is still in my apartment. Uh, <laughs> that bit lasts an entire fucking week. <laughs> hey, no, that's, that's not actually happening. Um, but yeah, he, the, they're in the chocolate factory. He's a plant worker. Uh, he's doing his accent. He's um, doing his accent. I immediately wrote down, "Why the fuck is he talking like that?" You know, you know what this movie is. Did you ever see that old commercial where it's like the kid and he has like a white egg and a brown egg and he cracks them both and opens them and they look the same on the inside? Right. In spite of being like you need to tear people open to like see if they're the same on the inside, um, that whole that whole point of that is like it's missing the point. It's tone deaf. It's like it's a nice idea, but it's missing the fact that it's not about you know just we all look the, we're all the same on the inside. It's like no, there's society. We are different, and it's the differences that we celebrate. That make our culture so great. Yeah. And this movie's like, what if we just swapped it? And what if we just acknowledge that we're all the same on the inside? Because it doesn't matter what your culture's like. It's like, no, culture is very important. Yeah, and, and, and it ignores um, the deep-rooted societal impacts. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's really hard to like understand this premise down to the bone because... In most other creative contexts, when you're building a world, you have a large history of that world yeah. that may not be within the presence of the movie, but you can at least answer and plant Easter eggs to yeah. allude to. So I, I say this because, you know, there have been other like thought experiment PSAs done similar to this. One in particular, um, I want to try to look this up. There was one. Um, while I look this up, what happens after the plant worker thing? Um, so he's at work, um, and he's sent on a job. He has to drive an envelope to the boss's mansion, uh, which is Harry Belfonte's mansion. And he drives there. He hands the envelope off to the maid. And while he's standing in the yard, he looks up and he sees Harry Belfonte's wife wearing a towel. And Harry Belfonte sees him and is like, this guy's lusting after my wife. When he was just looking. Uh, so he he tells the owner of the plan, he's like, yeah, uh, don't send that guy around here anymore. Geralta goes home after that, not aware he's going to be fired, uh, and hangs out with his family. Do you know who his son is, Stuart? Who is his son? His name is Andrew Lawrence. He's the brother of the kid in Chains of Gold. No. He is. No. Do you know who he also is? No. The kid in this movie. What? He's the director. Of a movie. Do you know what that movie's called? Andrew Lawrence? Yeah. No <laughs> fucking way. He is the director of, of Money Plane? Plane? <laughs> yes. That is right. The kid in White Man's Burden is the director of Money Plane. Uh, the Adam <sighs> Copeland, Kelsey Grammer vehicle uh, that we all know and love. Uh, that I'm currently holding a Blu-ray of in my hand. I will post a picture on our Twitter and Instagram as proof the day this episode comes out. While you were explaining that, I did find the short film that I was talking about. Yeah. It's a PSA about pretending what it would be like if being, um, if being, um, a homosexual 
uh, gay, lesbian, bi, if being all those was the norm. Yeah. And if being hetero was a discriminated um, um, sexuality. Um, It's called Love is All You Need. I think you can probably look it up on YouTube. But there are other short films, PSAs, that try to, like, paint a similar kind of, like, uh, brush to this problem. So you can't paint with a wide brush like this. You can't. Um, These are nuanced topics, and it requires nuance to work it, not a crime movie where you just swap the the races. Yeah. It's... Dear God. So anyway, what ha- what, what part? Uh, he goes to work the next day and he gets fired because because um, he was snooping on and um, and he says you can't fire me. I need my paper. Um, and in a my... very uh, offensive accent. Yeah, he's like, I need my paper. Yeah, it's everyone thought they were so woke making this. Um, yeah, I, I just my note at this point just says ugh. <laughs> Um, um he he can't get work he gets evicted from his home uh he and he's not allowed to go with his wife and son to his mother-in-law's because mother-in-law doesn't like him thinks he's a deadbeat yeah uh so he kidnaps harry belafonte yeah he kidnaps the and he's like i want my i want the money you owed me not a cent more or less just the money i would have gotten had I not been fired now he takes him to the bank, but the bank can't get him money until Monday. Because it's closed. Yes, closed. What a plot point. <laughs> what a plot point. <laughs> uh, so he doesn't know what to do. He has this guy kidnapped, this rich guy. So he brings him to Stanley, who lives in an abandoned factory. A factory? Yeah, it's like an abandoned factory or oh, something. Oh, I thought it was just an abandoned home. It might have been an abandoned building of some other sort. And this movie kind of becomes like enemy mine, but with race. Um Whereas like they have to work, to, they have to they, learn they're not so bad. They they because it's like, kind of turns into we're like we're not a, so different, you and I. It's a mini road trip movie where yes. they're just kind of like stuck together and they have to like see each other's side of the of the equation. Yeah. And they they go to a burger joint, and um, there's a like a skinhead Grant gang who tries to fight them, and then one of them gets shot. Yeah, and then they leave. And they go back with Stanley. He gets me like, you can't have this guy in my house. And Troll's just like, yes, I will. And that's the end of that conversation. Yeah, that's the end of that conversation. Um, there, like, there really isn't much in the way of plot. No, there The whole isn't. time Harry Belfont is like, you seem like a nice guy. You shouldn't be doing this. Troll's like, you put me in this situation, man. You, I can't believe you did this to me. And Harry Belfont's like, I don't remember firing you. And he's like, I didn't mean to fire you. And Troll's like, that doesn't change the facts. But for some reason, they get to like each other. Yeah. Um, I wrote make it stop in my notebook. <laughs> I wrote down I can no longer pay attention. Yes. Um, this movie just misses the point in every way. I had to smoke four cigarettes in the middle of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about the action figure gag? Yeah, it's so like two-thirds of the way through the movie. There's this really weird sequence. So weird. Yeah. It's like comic relief where Troll's like, oh, it's my son's birthday. I promised him I'd go buy him a toy. So he... He ties up Harry Belafonte in the truck. And then invites his kid in yeah, the truck. Yeah, invites his kid in the truck with this, man the who's, with this guy who's tied up. And there's like this comic music. It's like steel drum, like comedy. It was like, do, 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 do. Remember like in a, um, Urban Cowboy when he was trying to kidnap? Um, not Sissy Spacek. Um, Who was in Urban Cowboy? Uh, Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger. Remember when he was trying to kidnap Deborah Winger? And if you put, and it was like banjo music, but if you put any other music in there, 
it would be like a horror movie. Yes. That's what this scene is. That mm. They put steel drums in this, and it somehow makes it funny and mm-hmm. light and whimsical. Yes. Yeah. What are you looking uh, up, Jeff? N- nothing. I'm just trying to schedule an episode in the future because um, I don't want to talk about this one. But it's a weird scene. Um, they go to the toy store, and uh, the kid, Andrew Lawrence, director of Money Plane, goes in, <laughs> and he grabs a black Superman. And Turtle's like, I don't have the money for that. He's like, pick the white one. The kid's like, I want the black one. And there's like, if there's like 10 different types of action figures, mm-hmm. nine of them are black. One of them is white. Yeah. Which is supposed to be this nuanced way of saying like, you know, how there's like all these white action figures and not a lot of black action figures. Mm-hmm. But all the kids, all the black kids want the white action figure. Yeah. Because the white kid in this movie wants the black action figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little, like little weird. Yeah, very strange. A little odd. A little strange. It's almost like this movie was not well considered. Yeah. And we have to go back to the burger joint. He tries to escape. Yeah, well, first, the um, Travolta is pouring salt on his ketchup. And uh, Harry Belafonte is like, why are you doing that? And Joel's like, well, you see, if you put salt on the fries, um, it just falls off of them. But if you put, uh, if you put salt in the ketchup, you can control the the quotia the quote uh, the rate the ratio i just had like word spasm the ratio of salt to fry and her boss like that's a good idea it's like it sounds it sounds awful <laughs> it's like a bad idea well i don't know if they're trying to like i don't know what the point of that is i don't know what the point it's of trying that to is. like it's trying to be some like tarantino as a cult like character building exercise <laughs> it just doesn't work um so then he tries to escape well first travolta goes up god damn it well no travolta goes up to grab more food and there's the least dramatic whip pan i've ever seen in my life like normally if you want to show like surprise it's like the camera just really quickly turns it like moves at like us a, a decent pace shows the empty table and then back to Troy's like ah shit and he runs after harry belafonte and then harry um his character name is thaddeus thaddeus yeah <laughs> thad Thad. Um, um, I wrote in my note that this movie is a violation of the Geneva Conventions. Uh, so Thad breaks into a white family's home. Yes. And of course, they point a gun at him. A little girl has a gun. And he's like, oh, what has my racism done? What hath I wrought? And then um, um, he escapes before he can be killed and Trollta finds him, but he's having a heart attack. Are we already at the end of the movie? Yeah, we are at the end of the movie. Fuck, I'm so happy we did this. Um, <laughs> we got through it so quickly. The, it, the, it's not the fact that we don't want to talk about this. It's there's the also just not a lot to talk about. There's nothing to talk about in the plot. Yeah. There's, there, nothing happens. This is worse than Chains of Gold in terms of nothing happening. Yeah. It's worse than moment by moment in terms of nothing happening. It honestly is, though. Mm-hmm. It's such a by-the-numbers plot where nothing happens, nothing develops, yeah. and the point that it's trying to make falls flat on its face. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Thad is having, like, a heart attack. Yes. And so he drags Thad into the truck and is trying to get him to hospital. Yeah, and he tries to, he, like, the truck won't start. Yeah. And he tries to, and he flags down a car, and it's a white woman. And he's like, help me get this guy. And she sees this black guy and drives off. And it's like, the, the white people are racist, too, you know? Um that's what this movie's trying to say. Is it's like everyone's a little. It's like Crash. 
everyone's a little racist and that's all part of the problem yeah uh, and there's a reason that no one likes Crash anymore. Um, but Jeff, did you know it won Best Picture? I did. Because Hollywood is... <sighs> broken. Broken. Um, and so Travolta's solution is he drags him in the middle of the street and starts shooting windows, setting off alarms. So the cops arrive. Yes. And then Stanley's there, and he's like, why are you doing this, man? And you can see... Oh, yeah, Stanley's there for, like, half of these moments. And you can see the cops coming, and Stan's like, we gotta go. And he just stands there for, like, two minutes. I wrote, why is Stanley still here? And he's like, we gotta go. And Travolta and Stanley are just standing there. And Travolta's still holding the gun. Like, throw the gun down. Cops show up. The cops show up, shoot Travolta. Travolta dies. Yes, Travolta dies very quickly. He's like, hey, and then they shoot him. Yeah. It's like, you see, the cycles of racism just continue on. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to Travolta's family's house. Harry Belfonte shows up having been saved by Travolta's selfless act. Um, he's like, here's some money for your family for what your husband did. She's like, I don't want your money. Just the door in his face. Harry Belfonte wanders off and director of money playing andrew lawrence and so stands in the playground staring at him thinking what how, what is really different between us we're not so different you and i and the movie cuts to black and scratch and that that is the plot of this movie there's a lot of like there's a lot of just business in the middle it's all just business there's no plot no theme, no character building. It's just business. It's like Charles is like goes to this place to try and get money. It doesn't work. He goes to another place to try and get money. It doesn't work. Yeah. Stewart is leaning back in his chair, holding his mic in his hands. I'm ready to hit the record button. Uh, no, we got to talk about the impact of this movie. Because <laughs> uh, this movie made a lot of changes uh, to a society. Really? It, it did not. Tell me about all these changes. So this movie made... Uh, this movie has a 24% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a little generous, if you ask me. Had a what on Rotten Tomatoes? 24%. That's a little generous. It's a little generous. Based on 33 reviews. Got a C on Cinema Score. What the fuck? Next to nobody saw this movie. It was steamrolled by Toy Story at the box office. Oh, man. Um, hardly gathered any media attention. It was a blip on the radar for Trolls has come back. Um, like, no one talked about this. It was all... Everyone was talking about, you know, how big Pulp Fiction was. And they were talk- very quickly talking about how big Broken Arrow and uh, Get Shorty were afterward. No one talks about this. Do you think that this was shot, like, during post-production of Pulp Fiction? That is very much what I think. I think it was either that or right after Pulp Fiction came out. And this pro- like this seemed probably like a good role for Travolta at the time. He's like, yeah, this seems like a good idea. It just sounds like a role that John Travolta would have taken in the beginnings era in like mm-hmm. the late eighties, early nineties. Well, this is once again, his attempt at being like, Hey, I'm a real actor. It's just a holdover from that mindset he had around the chains of gold era. And, um, thankful. It's honestly, thankfully this movie doesn't really have an impact. Yeah. No one wants to talk about this movie. At least of all us. <laughs> And um, I wonder, like, what would happen if, like, you asked John Travolta about this movie? What would he say? He would say never happened. <laughs> he said, "I don't know what you're talking about." This is another security. One. Get him away from me. This is another one that his uh, his team has done a really good job wiping off the face of the planet. Yeah, well, they need to. 
Yeah, it's uh, and they've like not I said, done a the, good enough job. It is the most illegal movie. If you could still made. get it on eBay for DVD, for how much money did you pay for it? Um, ten bucks, something like that. If you can still get it on eBay for less than ten bucks on eBay DVD, you've not done a good mm. enough job. You've not done a good enough job. This is my opinion. I should not have been. This needs to be a uh, Eyes of an Angel style thing where I have to order a VHS. Or a beta disc. Yeah. A beta tape. Mm. But that it, it was too easy for you to find this movie. Mm. It needs to be a lot harder. I agree. They need to wipe off its IMDb trivia, IMDb page. Yes. But it's got a poster and everything, man. They need to invent a time machine, go back in time, and stop this mm. from happening. Back to the Future 4. That's the plot. Stop White Man's Burden. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jeff, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. Um, thank everyone for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a short episode, folks. Yeah. Uh, make sure to tune in next week uh, for our episode on probably Get Shorty. We might have a special episode for you, though. Uh, TBD on that one. Really? Yes. Um, we will see. So you folks uh, have a little surprise for next week, what you'll be able to listen to. Uh, I know it was probably hard to enjoy this episode, but I hope you did. Believe it, uh, it was harder for us to talk about this episode. Yes. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Pop to our Reddit at r slash Travolting. Email any comments or questions at to TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. I don't want to give out my social media info after talking yeah, about this movie. This movie. Um, um, do not watch White Man's Burden online. Do not watch White Man's Burden. But take the opportunity to educate yourself. Yes. Um, the internet is a valuable tool. Uh, please use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Boden Smith for our theme music. Um, yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.